The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is again from our epistle reading for this past Sunday. We're looking at Romans chapter 8 verses 31 to 34 right now where Paul said, What then shall we say in response to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ, who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. My dear friends in Christ, after saying, if God is for us, who can be against us? Or as another translation puts it, since God is for us, what difference does it make who is against us? Paul then asks another question, the answer to which should really be obvious. He asks, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. And now with these words, Paul isn't trying to say that we're not sinners. He knows that we are sinners. If we look at ourselves, we have to admit that we're sinners, that we would deserve eternal punishment, and that we really do need help. And the fact of the matter is, is that we really don't have to look at ourselves too closely to be able to see the fact that, that we are the sinners that we are, especially when we realize that sin it doesn't just begin when we actually do the deeds. Sin starts within us, in our minds. We don't have to do the sinful deed. We don't have to speak the wicked word. When we think the wicked or the off-colored thought, that's when sin really is beginning. So what Paul isn't saying here is that a believer doesn't sin. He's not trying to say that. Rather, he's saying that through Christ's sinless life and his innocent suffering and death, our sins have been wiped away. Through Jesus' work, God has declared us righteous. That is not guilty. Not guilty of all of the sins that we really have committed and the sins that we will end up committing. We're declared righteous. Not guilty of all of those sins. And so, since all of our sins have been erased, no one can bring a charge against us anymore. Paul asks another question here. Who is he that condemns? Oh, and I suppose there might be a first thought there that we would say, well, Satan is the one that condemns us, but actually that's not true. Satan can't condemn us. 
the one who would condemn us, that's Jesus Christ. He will judge us on the last day. Just think, of course, he, he is the one who will be the judge, who will determine whether we are to face eternal punishment or to receive eternal life. And our judge, he's the one who lived and died for us. He's the one who paid for our sins. And right now, he's the one who is seated, well, as it says in the Apostles' Creed, at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, the one who's taken care of our sins, the one who suffered and died for us. He's the one who's our judge. He's interceding for us with the Father. Could we possibly be in a better situation? And of course, that's a rhetorical question because no, we couldn't be in a better spot with Jesus as our judge. Oh, a convict had been in prison for many years. And finally what happened is that he received a pardon from the king. When the time came for him to be released, what this man did is he boldly and he confidently went to the gate of the prison and he said to the guards there, me and the king say you have to open the doors and set me free. He then produced the papers that he had received from his ruler that said that he was pardoned, that he should go free. And his identification with the king, that's what guaranteed his freedom. Well, we're sinners. We have sinned. We deserve eternal punishment, but like that criminal like that convict, we have received a full pardon, but from Christ, our King. And do you realize what a great position that puts us in? Satan doesn't want us to believe that we're in that great position. And well, that's what he did against Judas when Judas had betrayed Jesus, when Judas realized what he had done and that Jesus was going to be crucified. What Satan did is Satan basically went to him and said, boy, you've committed a terrible sin. God couldn't possibly ever forgive you for that. And tragically, Judas believed Satan. He despaired. He took his life. But you know what Judas could have said to Satan? What Judas could have said to Satan is, yes, my sin is great. I've done a terrible thing. But Jesus is dying on the cross right now to pay for my sin. And it's amazing that he's doing it, but he is. And because of that, I'm righteous because of the blood of Christ. That's what Judas could have said to Satan, but he tragically didn't. He didn't believe that Jesus paid for his sins. But we believers, we can say to Satan, me and Christ the King, better English, Christ the King and I, say you have no power over me anymore. God is for us. God 
has declared us righteous, so who can be against us? Paul asked, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Uh, Satan may try to bring charges against us. He may try to get us to believe like Judas did that God wouldn't forgive. But God, because of the blood of Christ, won't bring any charges against us. Jesus won't bring any charges against us. We're righteous. We're sinless and we're ready for eternal life because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, yes, we know our sin, but thankfully, we also know your grace and love and your forgiveness. Through faith in you, we know our sin is gone forever. We're righteous because of you. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.